What's up, guys? Welcome to BehindTheMaskPresents.com podcast. This is Goose, and I'm here with Blondie, representing the London, England chapter of Behind the Mask. Say hello. hello. Mm. We're, here to talk, we're here to talk about um, something very dear and near to any action fan's heart, and that's um, Die Hard, particularly this new Die Hard movie, um, A Good Day to Die Hard. Sometimes it, it doesn't roll off the tongue. I get confused. Like I almost <laughs> want to say live free or die hard, because there's so many of them at this point, but... Uh, that is the one at hand, and we both have seen it recently. And you know, mm-hmm. Blondie—it's just—it's getting a lot of, lot of hate on most of the mainstream publications, ones that are usually credible. But uh, you know, before we actually break it down, I want to tell you that I don't quite understand quite the hate it's getting. Okay. I didn't hate it. I mean, it's not a perfect film by any means, and it's no. and it's guilty of the exact same things that the last film sinned against, but not quite as bad. And it didn't emphasize on it as much. If you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll just start with the last one. I got to kind of go into it and we'll talk about live free or die hard. We hated that. I hated that one. I don't know about you. The previous one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it so much. I mean, it, there's always a few good moments in the movie. They always the diehards that come out. They seem to always have some some little innovation as far as the action sequences, and they've got they've obviously got some good people on the in the explosions team and whatnot. Um, so there's always great shots here and there. But as a film as a whole, it doesn't. This one was better than the last one, but the last one was pretty terrible. I. I, I, I so you're saying, I, are you trying to say that this one's only uh, getting good marks because it's going up against a really bad one and it makes it look better? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the last one, the big problem with uh, the last installment was the fact that it wasn't a diehard movie at all. You know, they it seems like they made a conscious effort to not have us relate to the actual John McClane character. Like, literally, they, they didn't make us feel like that's who that was at all. I mean they could have reminded us somewhere in the movie. I don't even think very many people actually called him McLean by name. All I know is it was bald headed Bruce Willis. Like he looks in every movie and he was pretty much generic Bruce Willis. I mean, and they didn't even talk really about his family. You know, usually in the ones in the past, um, he was an alcoholic. He was not clean shaven. He had his, his marital issues. He was always talking about his wife and, you know, and all these things. And, we kind of lost that. Now he was older and he wasn't an alcoholic. He was clean shaven. We didn't even hear about his wife. Granted, his daughter was in it, but his daughter was never in any of the ones before. It just didn't feel like John McClane. And not to mention, they made it PG-13 here in America, which means they took out all the F-bombs. They took out all the violence. And right. I'm not trying to say that saying the F-bomb or any kind of swearing is uh, a showcase of creativity by any stretch. But the fact of the matter is, is that is John McClane's character. That, yeah, that you look- kind of want that, don't you? You want yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I know it's bad to say you want swearing, you know, but you kind of want uh, that rough, he's got that rough edge. He's like, loose-lipped. He's, he's loose-lipped. He doesn't... It's he's a loose cannon in every sense of the word. He swears a lot, he says. And it's funny as well. It's kind of part of his persona. So I was a bit annoyed. I thought actually in the U.S. you guys had 
um, you know, the R rated, but apparently it was the same, same as here, you know. No, they, they only had, released it in the 12, or I guess it was 13, it must be the same. They Yeah, 13, PG-13. They ended up releasing an unrated version on DVD, um, right. which you can't find it on Blu-ray, which is kind of a pisser, because, you know, they have... I refuse to buy the box set. The Blu- I refuse to buy the Blu-ray of the box set because uh, I can't get the unrated version on there. And I've seen the unrated version, and it is a little better. I mean, it's still not a good movie, but they add a few things in there that make it substantially okay. better. So you've, you've seen the uh, you've seen the R-rated, you've seen both versions then. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it's kind of pathetic because they literally dub in f words. <laughs> they dub them in. It's not like they filmed them before. It's it's kind of pathetic, I think. But, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, what I felt about the film, I, I, I want, I think a lot of people, I hear this in a lot of fans of, of the series, of the series, you know, we wanted, I wanted it to be good because I am a fan of the Die Hard. Me too. And I wanted it to be good. And I, I really didn't like the last one that much at all. I just saw it kind of, it, it sucked. It wasn't that good at all. And, uh, I really wanted this one to be better. And it was fun. It was, it started off really, it was pretty, I mean, I don't know if I saw a really, I was in a very good quality cinema uh, sh- showing because the sound was excellent and the, I was on, it was a huge screen and the sound in that cinema, it was some sort of surround sound was so good. So it was actually quite enjoyable a lot way through, but I think just as it got halfway through the film, you just got the sense that the direction and the plot, the way it was taken, some of, even some of the, the commentary, between him and his son, I don't know. I, I think the it's pretty loose. It's funny it wasn't, you mentioned the commentary between him and his son, which I think that is kind of a good point and a bad point about the movie. Uh, for one, it's good because the fact that we're focusing on this little plot about him and his estranged son, it it erases the damage from the last one because that's always a constant reminder of who he is. We know he's John McClane because his son is calling him McClane every two seconds and they're talking about, you know, so we have that. But at the same time, I think um, the son in particular oversold his anger a little bit, you know. Yeah. He wouldn't let it go. Like, I got it. It's like every single word that came out of his mouth was a a snide, uh, smart-ass comment about him being a bad father. Yeah, really cheesy. It wasn't wasn't particularly good acting. He looked looked good as as an action as a new kind of action hero guy, but acting wasn't very good at all. Yeah. On, on his part, it was oversold. It was oversold on his part, but at the same, so it was an oversold performance for sure. It's a good way of putting it. I think. But at the same time, I think that, um, the qualities it gave outweighed the negative side of it. I'm glad at least there was something there to remind us who he was. And it was an R rating. They brought that back. I'm pretty sure due to fan demand. Um, and it wasn't, it still wasn't overly done. He wasn't as uh, loose-lipped as he once was, but he slipped a few F-bombs in there. He had a couple wisecracks in there. It was enough yeah. It was enough to where it's, I, I could relate to him again. It's like, okay, this isn't the same John McClane, but maybe it's a older, wiser John McClane. You know what I'm saying? You know. Yeah. Um, there's a, I, I'd say for me, the only, the only positive thing throughout the whole film was probably... A lot of the, the, I thought the car chase in the beginning was was phenomenal. I really liked it. I thought just the way it was filmed and the way the, the sound and the way it shot and stuff and a lot of those scenes early on in the film were were really cool. So that, I am, that was fun. I'm a sucker but, for a car chase. Sucker. Yeah, I really am too. And and it didn't disappoint me. I, I can't I can't say anything bad about that. That side of things, I, they obviously have 
had some good people, uh, you know, people organizing the actions, shots, and scenes, and whatnot. And well, you that's know, about I, the only positive thing I could I, I pull out from the film. The rest, I have to say, and it might sound a bit bad, but okay. even as a fan of the genre, of most most everything else, you have to kind of um, say was a little bit was was kind of shitty. It was a little bit shit. Well, and um, at the risk of this becoming more of a <laughs> uh, podcast about comparing the last one to this one, and you know less yeah. about uh, just the movie itself, I have to go and compare again. The last film, the biggest thing that killed it for me, and, and it just was the biggest contributor of it making it not John McClane esque, was the fact that he was a superhero. He was dodging and defying death and a million impossible feats every second. I mean, whether it was flying from helicopters, jumping from this building to this building relatively unscathed. This is coming from the guy that built his fame and his acclaim on being Mr. Joe Everyman. That's what made John McClane so cool in that first one and that second one and that third one is the fact that he wasn't roided up. He wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger. He wasn't a martial artist. He was a regular guy that was hard, that he was tough on the inside. Yeah, just know? a normal, uh, yeah. you know, a good he, New Yorker, a good New Yorker, you know, a, a cop, and just he, an average guy, yeah. And he struggled, you know. It's like he would take down these terrorists and things like that, but, you know, not without having the lumps to show for it. You know, he was all beat up and bruised, and he struggled along the way, and he would huff and puff and swear under his breath. And, you know, in the first one, he he didn't even have shoes, for crying out loud. You know, and he was, like I said, he was flawed. He was the alcoholic. He was all kinds of everything. They always describe. He was just unclean. I don't know. And then in the fourth one, we had him just everything that I just mentioned, it was the exact opposite. And I didn't, I didn't want a superhero. We have enough superheroes out there um, in the action genre. And in this one, it wasn't nearly as bad. Yeah. It was actually real. I've been reading reviews saying it was more the same, and I don't think it was as bad. Now, except for the end of the movie. At the end of the movie, we did get a little bit of that, like him and the, dragging down the helicopters and, you know, but it, and them jumping out of the window. It, it wasn't, but it wasn't too thick to where I didn't enjoy it. But yeah, it was a little bit. Other than that, the only ridiculous stunt work um, in the film was the car chase. But I can let the car chase pass because car chases are awesome. And it wasn't, yeah. it was, you know, jumping. And this was an awesome, this was an awesome car chase, we have to say. I mean, it, I have to say, I would venture to say, and we should say this to be fair to this film. I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of car chases. That that car chase would rank up as some of the, one of the best car chases I've seen. Is that Does that sound crazy to say? I mean... I can't think of uh, of too many that I thought were better. I guess Terminator Two. Well, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, like of, of recent films. Obviously, they, technology is always improving, and they have improved ways now exactly. of filming shots. So there's always going to be some improvements. There's always going to be advances in, in the technology they use, the way they film it. And I just thought it was incredible. Just like, of course, the t- in Terminator is great, but I thought just the, the the sound as well was just booming and just so. Like I couldn't picture. I was trying to work out in my brain how they. Obviously, they had to set up all these scenes and they had to drop these cars off bridges and these armored trucks. It's just insane. But it, you don't get that impression when you're watching it that you're seeing a setup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just really feel like you're seeing crazy shit happen, like these huge armored cars. I mean, it, it was awesome. Just when he's driving in his jeep and he's rolling over people going to work and. Insane. That was really good. And when I he, wish there would have been more insane stuff like that. I mean, they did fall through the chute, uh, and while they're getting shot with a high caliber helicopter by a helicopter gunship and all this, that was pretty cool too. 
I don't know what else. I guess there was a helicopter scene in the very end. <laughs> when he was, pull- yeah, I mean, this is kind of a minor spoiler, but when he was pulling down the helicopter, with uh, <laughs> was he in a truck? I don't remember what he was in. <laughs> yeah. Hell the hell. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he, he was, the truck, the truck was, anyway. <laughs> people will see it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much about the scene, but. That, that was, that was the minor um, case of it being a little uh, unrealistic, but like I said, it wasn't laid on thick like the last uh, one, and I could deal with it. And um, you know, we had a little bit of humor too mixed in there with the, uh, especially with the car scene. Remember where his daughter kept repeatedly calling him, <laughs> and the middle, yeah. and like we had flipped over and stuff. I thought that was great. I thought that was that was great. That was it funny. Was, you know, um, but you know what? You know, I think. I said the exact same thing as you, basically, when I got out of the theater with some buddies of mine. I, I made the comment uh, of it was definitely the best car chase I'd, chase I'd seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Um, it was amazing. It, it really was amazing. Essentially, it sounds like you're at least in agreement that, to, by the way you're talking about it, the way I describe it is it's 90 minutes of a decent way to shut off your brain. Just just enjoy it. You know, take some popcorn, you know, have a drink. And just just enjoy some mindless action. Maybe it's not going to be something that uh, you have to approach it that way. I definitely agree. You have to approach it that way. I tend to because I've been seeing a lot of art health films recently and and European movies and all this kind of thing. Uh, it's really hard for me to kind of like you said to sw- switch off your brain and just eat your popcorn and just you know watch things blow up and stuff. So I really tried to do that. But I would say to people who are going to see this film, they haven't seen it already, is uh, you know. You really have to to approach it in that way. But it's that, just oh, completely but that, just just see it as it's 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 fun. It's just something mm-hmm. loud and obnoxious, and you know, it helped me. It, look it at. helped me honestly. Um, reading all the reviews the first couple of days it came out, though, because it set my standards and expectations so low, and because yeah. of that, I went into it disappointed already. <laughs> I went into it disappointed already before seeing it and not expecting much. And I'm like, you know what? Even though people are saying this is even worse than the last one, if it's at least better than the last one, I'll be satisfied. And what I, I, had, I had that mentality, and it made me enjoy it more. So That's good. I, I was sort of the opposite. I actually I, I chose – I didn't want to read any reviews. I, had, I saw a snippet or two of some interviews online, and, and someone saw it and said it was actually quite fun. So that was the only thing I saw. So maybe I should have read them and, and had lower expectations, but I had reasonable expectations for it. And in the beginning, I wasn't I wasn't let down. I thought it was I thought it was it was it was a good a good ride in the beginning. Um, I was just interested in what the direction the film would take because you've got, like you said, he's you've got this subplot. His he's coming to see his son, and his son is, you know, well, doing think, other things, doing stuff he doesn't know what his son is doing. I don't want to spoil it, but his son is is doing you know is not. They don't. They, he didn't know what his son was up to. He came to try and find his son. Yeah. So well, they, that was. Inter- I was just interested in how, what direction the film would take, and how they would work that story out and stuff. And yeah, um, I think it's funny I that I think it's funny that you uh, referred to the whole thing about him and his estranged son as being um, subplot. When honestly, I think that was main plot, and the actual uh, terrorism plot actually served as a subplot. I think it played second fiddle to him and his son, honestly. It just seemed it seemed tilted in that way. But, you know, it's not groundbreaking. It's it's just like you said, go into it with um, a mentality of, I just want to get away for 90 minutes and watch Bruce Willis blow some stuff up, and you'll have enough fun with it. It'll be, you know, what you need. But it's not a game changer like uh, the first one or the third one. You know, the first one set up and created the blueprint for modern-day action. 
the whole, you know, yeah. terrorists take over a, a building of some sort. One lone man has to, you know, take him down himself. Yeah. It, it's been copycat. It is modern action, and it set the standard. And then you have the third one, too, which, to me, it's not as respected as the first yeah. one. But I think it was just yeah. as groundbreaking, <laughs> honestly, mm-hmm. with the whole going across the city. It was very minimal in um, special effects, honestly. It wasn't a whole lot of craziness. And the camaraderie between him and Sam Jackson, it was done really well on the whole terrorism thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I have to say, while this one is not groundbreaking like those two, the uh, which were both directed by John McTiernan, by the way, the original uh, director yep. directed the first and the third one, and those are the only two I give a damn about. I don't even like the second one. But anyway, um, this one I do have to applaud at least because the last one, I hated the fact that the, the whole antagonists of the movie, their whole motives and everything were so not diehard. We're going viral. It was just... And I didn't like the villain. It was the weakest villain of all time. He was not a threat. He was not scummy. I didn't believe him one bit. And just their motives were totally silly. At least this one was, even if it's, albeit a little cliche, at least it was diehard. You know, the whole Russians, the terrorism, the, uh, what it was, it was it plutonium? I don't know, the nuclear weapons, whatever. It was still, and and the the double stand, the two-timing, you know, this person's really, it it was at least diehard. It was something that I would expect to be in the film. Yeah, that, that's that's good. It's interesting that you mentioned that. But I mean, talking about the bad guys, because the way the film is sold is like there's really, really good, awesome bad guys uh, and really awesome characters and whatnot. But I, I thought the bad guys, it's a bit ridiculous. It wasn't believable. I mean, I know Die Hard, you, it's always a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Kind of a Russian plot and weapons and some crazy guys doing something. But... Yeah, I didn't like. I have to say, I didn't like. I didn't really like the bad guys. Thought I just could. I didn't find it believable. I didn't feel it worked so well. The characters they used and the way they switched and back and forth, which you'll know obviously. Yeah. Um, not people who haven't seen it obviously, but you'll know what I mean. Um, like, I, I didn't think that was worked so well. So I have. I, just, I didn't <laughs> the, like that bit. The characters themselves had no depth. Like I said, they didn't have depth. Like Hans Gruber or Simon, yeah. third one, but. Like, oh. I, like I said, they ran they ran that risk of being cliche, and it was a character like John Malkovich in uh, you know Cyrus the Virus in uh, in Con Air or something like that. So a character with real depth, with real you know, with an excited, with an interesting personality. Just yeah, a timeless character too. But and, yeah. and that's not what these were. Like I said, they they, they didn't were, ace they didn't ace it with the bad guys basically. Like the recent James Bond did had a really good bad guy or. Or some of these other films, you know. They were they so. came off as generic, but like I was saying, I was kind of giving it just a like half a point, if you will, because at least even though it was generic, it was still Die Hard esque, which was you know that whole James Bond feel, some kind of terrorist, whatever. Whereas the last one was totally removed from that environment to me, like and it further contributed to taking me out of the yeah. part four. But uh, I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I don't. The good things I'm going to say to give my final roundup is that I did enjoy Bruce Willis enough in it, and okay. I thought his son was an overactor, but by the end of it, I didn't mind it. Um, it was okay, but yeah, he was an overactor. The villain's cliche. Dude, um, the main villain's daughter, smoking uh-huh. hot. Enjoyed that. I yeah. thought a beautiful woman. Um, I actually thought his, I thought his daughter was pretty hot, too, for some reason. Yeah, she's, she's cute. Um, you can have her. I'll take the Russian. Let's no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did like the Russian setting. I did like it. I don't think they capitalized on the cool new European setting as much as they could, but I enjoyed the different pace. My only problem, too, is that 
gosh, man, while it did harken a little bit more back to Die Hard than Part 4, why does everybody feel the need to direct an action movie like it's one of the Bourne movies nowadays? Do you know what I'm talking about with the filmography and the camera work and the directing style? It's like it's a Bourne movie. Well, they're trying. It's like a wannabe Bourne movie. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's real popular nowadays, just with action movies. Even Taken is kind of similar, which, don't even get me started on Taken 2. Oh, no, I was... I was just reading something here, actually, on my phone about, while we were talking here, about, um, like, where this film, like, as a question, where would you feel this film fits into, like, in re- in the recent, like, in the last six months, we've had quite a few action, Ooh. popcorn action films come out. Than taken. So where does this film fit in with, obviously, we had Taken, Taken 2, you know, I, I don't want to even want to talk about Taken 2, because uh, that would be, you know, wasting, that would be a waste of breath, that would be just, um, yeah, it sucked pretty bad didn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, it sucked. But like I said, that's also my only grief is it didn't, the directing style didn't feel like a diehard movie. You know, it's, it was just, but it was a different director. So it's like, what am I going to do? Um, I mean, who directed this? So this film, it was directed by uh, John Moore, who also directed, interestingly enough, um, I don't know if you've seen it, Max, the Max Payne film. I heard, um, I heard about the Max Payne film, and I think... Yeah, I, th- I didn't know. If I had known, I might have been more prepared, but uh, I, it, 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 let's just say that it, 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 now that I know that he directed Max Payne, it kind of uh, sums it all up for me, really. <laughs> and it's funny. It's the director of Max Payne, and they got the, uh, the script writer for uh, Hitman. So two really... Oh, right. Oh, Skip, Skip Woods. You're talking about Skip Woods? Mm-hmm. He also wrote the script for Swordfish, which was also hmm. a, a bit of a stupid movie too, like a non, an unbel- a fun maybe fun in parts, but also a bit of a ridiculous script that was a bit of, a, a bit of a crap film as well. But you know what? So we're kind of getting. I I just feel like it's connecting. It, this film connects. I just wish these guys hadn't worked on this film. <laughs> like it would have been someone who'd written a completely different script for it. Yeah. And I wish it had been a different director because having seen Max Payne and like it, it, the director is very visually, he's very strong. This guy, John Moore, he's obviously visually very strong. He's got quality people, you know, in, in some important, but I just, I don't think he takes the boxes in the important boxes. So his films don't have that real quality to them. And Max Payne is even worse. It's far worse. It's, uh, it's funny that you... I, I don't even want to start talking about that, but we could... We, you know, I could go on all night about how bad Max Payne is, so... It's just ridiculous, It, but it has, but it has amazing, sort of ground, always groundbreaking, fancy shots, you know, mm. which involve the action, any action that's happening in the scenes and stuff, which are always very interesting, very amazing to watch. But as a whole, his film, his, like, Max Payne is, is, is really, um, it's not believable, and it's... So far fetched, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, to round out the whole thing. Speaking of, uh, you wish they would have got someone else to helm this project. I think they've all but confer- confirmed a sixth and I think final installment of Die Hard. And I think the only way to go out with it is to have John McTiernan come back and do part six. I mean, I think he can remedy everything. And I was really hoping that this one would be really great and that we were going to have a pattern on our hands. Cause like I said, I love the first one. I kind of think the second one's eh, and I love the third one and the fourth one sucks. So I was like, all right, this one could be great, but you know what? We kind of failed the pattern, but at least give me part six. Maybe John McClane will actually die in it. Maybe he'll actually die hard at the end. Yeah. yeah I mean, the thing is everyone is, everyone will, if there come, if there is a part six, 
Everyone will go and see it. I'll go and see it. Everyone will see it. So Bring they'll make their Sam money Jackson. back. I mean, Bring back Sam Jackson. I just feel that it's, I feel like action movies are like, they are just popcorn movies, but they can also be good. Like after I watched it, actually I was, yesterday I watched it in the cinema. When I came home, me and my buddy were here and we, we switched on the TV and I was, I was telling him a bit about the film. I just felt it was a bit of a letdown because I wanted to have more, I wanted it to be like one of the older, the good ones, you know, mm-hmm. one of the old good diehards. I was a little bit, I felt a bit let down because it just, it, it ended up being pretty shitty. But I don't know, we switched on, we watched um, on TV, there was Underworld. And Underworld is, it just reminded me how you can make an action, you can make an action movie, but make it so good, you know. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't want to go off the I don't the know rails. if you've seen the mm. Underworld series, but I don't want to go re- That's just a really good film. That also has a ridicul- ridiculous themes in it and ridiculous action sequences in it, but it's it's just got a really good quality all throughout the film. So I just feel we're being let down a bit by certain directors. There's a lot of new or mainstream directors that make these action movies, but they could be made better. The key word there is mainstream. I've never cared to see the Underworld, underworld films, but to me, you know, the only oh, you really should, you really should. I mean, they are fan- they really are fantastic. The only like, thing, well. You say a bloody fantastic. I mean, in the mold of, of the Terminator films, which I can only give the highest praise to. They're mm-hmm. that good. So they're, they 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 have all that this crazy action, and they've got all this this a crazy story. But also they have of of the directing, and also just it's got a certain quality to the film, which you can't you can't just get cheaply. You can't just get any guy. A new director can't come up with that kind of quality. You've got to have somebody who's got the real vision, who's got real vision, who's got real talent. You know, like James Cameron does have real talent. Ridley Scott does have real talent, you know. These people, and we're going to get, an, hopefully we'll get that next guy one of these days, because, you know, you mentioned mainstream. Well, it could be John McTiernan, you know. I think he's fantastic. Well, he's not exactly new blood, but I know what you're no, saying. No, I know. I mean, it may well, I don't care. I'd, I, hope, I hope it's not new blood, because uh, I, that's kind of what I'm saying, like new mm-hmm. blood of, a new gang of, of, but, of people coming out and they because they, the studios like them because they make a lot of money back. They generally make back plenty of profit on the films. You don't even have to put out a quality pro- product I anymore. I think, well, yeah, in the case of Die Hard, it has a, it's, it's got a built-in fan base. It, it was going to make money, yeah. you know, no matter what. Well, but you know what? I think there will be that next second coming of a new action guy. And they, there are the only good act. They used to be all the mainstream. You know, like Jim Cameron was the man in the 80s. And like he's, uh, some of the other people you mentioned. But today, there are some good action movies, but it's in the underground. Now, one of these days, one of these underground chaps are going to get a chance. They're actually going to get a budget, and they might blow us away. But right now, as much as I wanted action to be back, it's not back. Uh, you know, maybe they're making movies again. The Arnold movie, the Stallone movie, the St- they all bombed. Nobody's going to see them. So in order for these people to keep making them, we actually have to see them. So it's kind of a pity, you know, that it's not the resurgence I was hoping it was. But anyway, to close it all out, I guess i got to give you a final rating. Um, I think I'm going to be a little friendlier than, uh, than Blondie over here. Let's see. Ah, gosh. Out of a 10 scale, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 5.5. And I'm probably being, okay. that's probably because, you know, coming off the bad reviews. What about you, Blondie? Um, yeah, out of 10, mm-hmm. um, I'm just not used to scoring out of 10 anymore. Cause it was, <laughs> um, I just do up to five or four these days. But, uh, yeah, I mean, out of 10, you've got to give it, it had some great moments. It had some fun moments. It had some really awesome moments. So I'd say five out of 10. 
A four out of ten. I'll say four out of ten because I have to because it it lacks in a lot of departments. So <laughs> let's right. say four out of ten. I'm sorry. Well, if you guys uh, have anything to chime in about, if you agree with us, disagree with us, think we suck or love us secretly, whatever, uh, feel free to comment on the Facebook. And don't forget to like the Facebook, too, and keep the support coming so we can keep doing this. Behind the Mask Presents, um, easy to search, and obviously check out the website, BehindTheMaskPresents.com. And I appreciate you all joining us. Thank you, Blondie. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me.